0: From Kurtco Media. Coming up on the show. I've had that in India and in Udaipur. I've had it in, in Tuscany. I've experienced that in my own backyard at Ohio Valley and in Spa, you know, just these places where I don't know what it is about the energy and the moment, that you're just
1: at peace with the world. That's Lindsay Uberoth. I'm Bruce Wallen, and this is Travel That Matters. Everybody And welcome to Travel That Matters. This is the podcast where we explore the world's most exceptional and meaningful travel experiences and meet some of the absolutely fascinating people who make them possible. In my 20 plus years as a travel editor, I've met so many great people and had so many amazing experiences. But, of course, in the last couple of years, pretty much all of those wonderful experiences and interactions came to a screeching halt. But here we are. We've all had plenty of time to think about where we want to travel, and now it is time to act. So where should we go? What should we do? Here to offer up her insights is someone who's just about as qualified as anyone to give travel advice. And that's Lindsay Uberoth, the CEO of Preferred Hotels and Resorts. Preferred is the world's largest independent luxury hotel brand. And not only does Lindsay manage the company's network of more than 700 properties in 80 countries worldwide, she's also visited quite a bunch of them herself. She's been to more than 100 countries over the years, and she's also had a front row view of what was going on in luxury tourism before the pandemic. She's seen the effects of the shutdown and now how the future is shaping up for the industry and for us as travelers. So I talked to Lindsay about all of those things and, of course, her top picks for the places that we should all be traveling to right now. One of those picks turned out to have a very personal connection for me. So stick around after my chat with Lindsay to learn why you should definitely be checking out this destination in the months and years to come. But for now, let's hear from Lindsay. Lindsay, thank you so much for joining us on Travel That Matters.
0: Bruce, it's it's a pleasure to be here
1: with you we all have you know a place we've been dying to go you you've been everywhere all over the world tell me what is the one place you're just dying to get back to
0: this is always such a hard question it depends on the day but i must admit i have been daydreaming quite extensively about going back to africa and when I say Africa, it's not just one destination, and I think that there's some new places I'm dying to get back to. So South Africa, Botswana, Zimbabwe, Africa is one of these destinations that I think just leaves an imprint on your heart and soul. And once you've gone, it's a destination you can go back to over and over and over again.
1: There's so, I, yeah, I mean, we could fill a lifetime with the amount of trips that I want to do back to Africa and, and all the places I haven't been so far.
0: I probably need to move there for about three months to get done what I what I think I would like to
1: do. <laughs> I will join you those three months. I will be right there with you. But, you know, it's not just Africa right now, right? We're eager to get back to so many destinations we love and explore new ones. And so how do you see that shaping up? Are we really going to travel differently to different destinations? Or, you know, what are you seeing on the front lines?
0: Yeah, I, I definitely think people will travel differently. And I do hope that what's happened over the past 15, 18 months, um, to me, was was the greatest reset we could all envision in our lives, right? You know, this this freedom of movement was taken from us. And I have two predictions. So one's kind of more of a short-term, kind of medium to long. And I do think once once international travel really, really opens up, I do think people will travel further abroad than they previously would have before. I think this whole concept of a bucket mm-hmm, list yeah. is gone. Why wait? You know, I, I got to go. This, now,
1: now, list. Yeah.
0: This, this isn't like, I'll wait till I retire. I'll wait till this. You know, everybody I talk to from millennials up onwards is just like, I want to go and I want to go now. And I want to go as far away as I possibly can because
1: <laughs> I'm sick you know, of this place.
0: <laughs> well, and it's just that, you know, you realize it's like, why am I putting that off? I should do it now. So I think that when people travel, I think that they're going to go to really far flung destinations. I think that's going to be great. But I do think regional travel is going to continue to be a trend because. Let's face it. We all started exploring our own backyards and our own countries or cities or states that we didn't used to. I mean, I live in California. I never would have spent time in Florida, for example. It's just not somewhere you go. You go to Hawaii or you go to Cabo. You know, right, people right. in Florida go to the Caribbean or they, you know, they go to Europe. And so I, I think that we've started to really appreciate and enjoy our own countries again. And I do think that there's going to be a renaissance of that around the globe.
1: Okay, so I love Lindsay's take on this. Basically. She's saying the bucket list has kicked the bucket. So if it's the now list, where should we go now? Lindsay is here to tell us. So first up, I asked her her thoughts on what classic destination she thinks is ripe for a return visit.
0: Um, Top of my list would definitely be Greece. It's obviously it's one of the countries that's opened up. Easy to get to. I think the other part of it is people are going to go outside of the normal places, you know, not just the Santorini's and the Mykonos and the Athens. I think they're going to start going to places like Crete and some of the other islands, which I think is going to be great. By the top of my list is we have a new property called the Aristi Mountain Resort beautiful. It's a 24-guest room place in northern Greece, kind of a hidden part of the countryside, um, stone village. It's got that privacy and seclusion, I think, for people. If it's their first international trip and they're wanting that seclusion and they want to go somewhere new, they can hit all of their other favorite spots.
1: I was actually, I remember when Al- Albania never really closed to tourists. Mm-hmm. Albania's kind mm-hmm. of been one of those places. I've heard wonderful things about Albania. And then when I heard Greece was opening up, I started looking. I was really, oh, wow, there's this whole part of Greece I had no idea, quite frankly, I had no idea existed. That that northern, like, mountainous region. And I, I think that, again, like, over-tourism was a big issue before the pandemic, right? Wow. And, and some of those islands in Greece, Mykonos, whatever— that doesn't appeal to me all that much right now, but but something like that in the mountains of Northern Greece in a place that, you know, honestly, I didn't even know existed, that's really interesting right now. Okay, moving on. You mentioned Africa earlier. Where in Africa, where in particular, do you think people should travel to right now?
0: I, I listed off a ton of countries, but I'm going to focus on Botswana because I think it's, it's one of the countries that doesn't get the same love that uh, Tanzania or South Africa does. We've got a beautiful new property that's part of our Beyond clean Green collection, the Xigera Safari Lodge.
1: I, I've been looking into this property. It looks amazing. It's spelled X I G E R A, correct?
0: You, you got it right. Okay, so good. So I, I have to write those down. It looks
1: incredible. I was just reading up about it. So yes, okay, very. It, it, and
0: I think what's cool about it for those that really are, you know, care about sustainability, and so part of the Red Carnation Hotel Group, they've also got these glass-bottom boats that you can go out and and do safari on. So it's a different approach to it. I mean, it's ultra luxury, but I mean, to me, they, they kind of set the bar. I mean, there's, we've got some great properties there that do just amazing things in terms of conservation. and.
1: Do you, do you really want to see what's beneath you when you're in one of those boats and the, and the Akabango Delta? <laughs> there's, some, uh, there's some animals you might not want to know or are, are below you there.
0: I've, I've done that before where a hippo kind of comes up next to you that they tell you after you're safely back on land that they're the most dangerous animals.
1: Yeah. The- yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so we've gone from Greece to Botswana, but as Lindsay mentioned earlier, Many of us started discovering new corners of our own countries during the pandemic and we realized our own countries are pretty amazing places. I personally spent time in some pockets of California that i would never been to, places like Lassen Volcanic National Park in the far north, but there's still so much of my home state and, and the greater U.S. that I haven't seen. So I asked Lindsay, where should I be heading next?
0: Here in our own backyard in, in, in the U.S., I think everybody dreamt about being cowboys for a period of time. So you know, Wyoming's become a very, very popular destination, the Jackson Hole area in particular. It, to me, it's the, the more laid back version of like an Aspen. I don't know. There's something about being in the U.S. and kind of going back to the, a version of the Wild West, but with a, the contemporary vibe
1: that I love. And I, I, I think I actually was just speaking with a friend two days ago who is looking for a place f- for this summer, and she can't find anything. I mean, it's like yeah. e- those types of places in Wyoming, and Montana, and Idaho—they're they're just filling up so fast. It's that's exactly what people want right now.
0: Yeah, they want space and they want something different. I mean, of course, I went and bought way too expensive cowboy boots that I'll probably you know <laughs> never wear until I go back again or have some sort of you know, theme party to go to. But uh,
1: you can wear them in Botswana. I think they yeah. work in Botswana. Too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll blend right in. It'll be perfect.
1: <laughs> okay, uh, how about something close to home, but not in the U.S.
0: You know, I think obviously Mexico, across the board, has been has been popular because it's one of the few countries that stayed open. But I think what's interesting outside of the traditional Cabo, Cancun destinations like Puerto Vallarta have kind of hit the hit the radar. You know, it gets you a little bit of, of everything. You know, you get the you get the beaches, but you also get the I'll call it the more historic version of it. And again, I think this is where people are saying, I've been to Cabo, I've been here now. What?
1: I love it that you picked Puerto Vallarta for one personal reason. I I actually just booked a very long-term uh place down there. I'm gonna be down there for a few months and I'm very excited about that. I love Puerto Vallarta. I, I think you nailed it on the head. It's like it's got that perfect combination of that amazing beaches the everything you love about mexico with the beaches and the food and the people and everything but then and but there's also got that like the charming colonial cobblestone type of neighborhoods and and things that you're not going to find in say cancun and i just i really think that it's it's got that great mix of so many of the things that we love about mexico and yes i'm i'm very excited to be down there for for a long period of time
0: I agree. I think it's totally gonna to have a renaissance and it's one of those destinations that I think people forgot about for a while.
1: Okay, so we got Greece, Botswana, Wyoming, Mexico, mm-hmm. all places I love. I have
0: two more. These are kind of outliers here, but one because I've been daydreaming about it, and that's Tahiti. I'm obsessed with the Brando Resort. I'm dying to go there. It's it's a place I have not been to. The last time I was in Tahiti, I think I was six years old with my grandparents. It's one of these destinations you kind of hear about only when people think about honeymoons, but it's like, I think, a great destination for families, for kids. It's just got a a whole new diversity. And I think it's also one that, again, just has so much to do that I think it's going to have a really popular resurgence as well.
1: I like that pick as well. We all have our sob stories about where we had to cancel trips, you know, during the pandemic. I'm sure you have more than most people. But uh, one of mine was my wife and I were going to Bora Bora for the very first time. And I think it was April, April of 2020. So, of course, that doesn't, that's that trip is very much on hold, but uh, hopefully someday we will get back. And that's yeah. it, it is the Brando is a, a place that I too have been, you know, obsessing over over the years. And it's just, it's, I've heard amazing things. And it oh, looks
0: they're, yeah, they're just doing amazing things. I mean, I think that just not only is it a beautiful destination, but I think that it's one of those destinations you can walk away a better person. And I think one of the things I probably should highlight is we have preferred hotels and resorts, but during the pandemic, we actually launched a new brand called Beyond Green which was in partnership with a gentleman named Costas Chris, who ran a, a company called Beyond Going Travel. What it is, is it's, it's a brand that's focused on luxury hotels that really excel in the area of sustainable tourism. And so that goes beyond the basics of sustainability, You know, this kind of reduce, reuse, recycle concept, what happens on properties. Because all of these, like the brand is a great example of one that's doing it in spades. But it also pulls in the other two pillars that the, the UN has really set as the, the benchmark for sustainable tourism. And that includes community, so, you know, this belief in empowering communities, you know, hiring locally, sourcing locally, that the hand up, not a handout concept and you know, kind of coming together to improve livelihoods and social well-being. And then the third part, this heritage, the sense of place, you know, properties that really embrace the destination that they're in and that the joy of travel is I think we all agree is being connected, you know, that diversity of cultures and people. And prior to this, over tourism was a big topic, you know. So it's right. about how do you balance that?
1: Lindsay's brought up some incredible destinations, but in addition to the places you may already love, we're all in search of something new, something up and coming. So I asked Lindsay what country it is that she thinks is an emerging destination that we should all have on our radars.
0: The other one that I put on here was was Honduras. And for the seasoned leisure traveler that is looking for something really authentic, you know, breathtaking, diverse, I think that it's, it's one of these up-and-coming destinations. I think it's one that travelers that go in 2021 and 2022 are going to still be able to kind of explore the, this, this gem before it becomes too popular. I think what people don't understand, it's got runes, it's got diving. It has the second largest coral reef in the world. You know, I don't think people know that. So there's just great things to do, you know, from a calm Mountain to, you know, they're famous for their tea and chocolate. And I don't, i just think it's one of these destinations. If somebody is looking for something new, I would put this at the top. I also think it's a country that's very focused on conservation. Their tourism infrastructure
1: is really progressive. I, I love that pick as well. I traveled through Honduras back in the mid-1990s. I'm really dating myself right now, but I traveled <laughs> to Honduras, And at that point, I said, oh my God, this is the next Costa Rica. This place is going to blow up. It is so amazing. I mean, it really does combine a lot of the kind of, you know, some of the cultural components that you might find in Guatemala with then some of the incredible yeah. wildlife and beaches and, and everything that you would find in Costa Rica. And so I just thought like, this place is so ripe to boom. So just to recap, the places that you should go right now are Greece, Botswana, Wyoming, Tahiti Bora, Bora and Honduras. Great picks, great variety. And some of them are, you know, some of them are more kind of traditional luxury destinations, mm-hmm. other ones more more kind of emerging. You mentioned that there are also a few places on your list that you're really excited about, but they're not really doable right now. Can you just yeah. tell us a few of those places that you think, you know, maybe two, three years from now are really going to be hot spots?
0: Oh, gosh, I don't even know that it's two or three years from now. I mean, I just think it's a matter of whether or not you can can get there. You know, I think that there's parts of Asia and Southeast Asia that are still really kind of taking off. I'm personally very obsessed with Mongolia as a destination. Like, I think it's just one of those destinations that you can then tie into other parts of Asia. And it's just culturally, I just think, is fascinating. I think that there's parts of South America that I just think that South America has had a, a tough run, sometimes economically and politically of, of late. And I think that that's going to be a, a market that's going to start to bounce back and a lot of great destinations to visit in those markets.
1: A hundred percent. Yeah. I think of myself as I love South America. I love it, but I really haven't explored hardly any of it when I, when I really think about it. I mean, I've been to Chile, I've been to Peru, but there's still so much to see for me down there. So I'm, I'm eager to get yeah. back there for sure.
0: High on my list in an area where we would love to add a lot more hotels.
1: Very good. Okay, so yeah. on that note, on the note of hotels, which hotels you're adding, give us a sense of like, what are some of the things we we can get excited about right now?
0: Last year, I'll say during the pandemic, we actually added 40 hotels to our portfolio, which is pretty amazing. A lot of them new builds. So outside of the US, uh, in Andalusia, Spain, Las Baranzas, Granada, which got 12 acre retreat located in a private park with a helip- heliport, right? Which is always important. We always want to be able to land in our helicopters. It's entirely new. Just opened in April, and it's, I think it's, it's very exclusive. So, I mean, you're going to have private chefs. You know, they're very focused on having you know, immersive guides that can take you through the Spanish culture, painting, flamenco classes, private chefs. And it's, it's very small, six bedrooms. So very, wow. very
1: exclusive. Such a beautiful uh, part of Spain, too. Such, yeah. such an amazing area.
0: If we head over to Asia, we're about to open the Hotel Metropole in Taipei, Taiwan. Great location, kind of that buzzy area, larger property. But again, for those that like the buzz and hum of of Asia, I'm I'm anxious to get back to Asia. I I miss it.
1: God, I'm really interested in going to Taiwan. It's just the, yeah. the, the the natural beauty looks incredible, and then you've got these just buzzing cities, like you said. So I, that's that's one of the places on my list for sure. Yeah.
0: Italy, always a favorite destination, right? Everybody's excited to get to get back to Italy. But what's nice is this is it's a new one in in Piedmont, Italy, which isn't necessarily, you know, Mm -hmm. a a, a part of, you know, northern Italy that everybody gets to, but it's, you know, famous for the for its vineyards.
1: What's that one called?
0: It's called the Casa di Langa.
1: And it's it's a
0: a beautiful, again, tiny 39 room luxury retreat, uh, just a little gem. So for those people that are planning a wedding and they want to buy out or kind of want to take over an entire property, it would be a great, great retreat. For those of you that everybody that's familiar with montage hotels and resorts, they've been very busy. So I just was up at their property in Healdsburg up in wine country here in California.
1: I just toured the one they're opening in Big yeah. Sky also oh. going to be fantastic. That one's opening yeah. in December, I believe. So. Yes.
0: But then their their sister brand or brother brand, I guess we want to call it Pendry, Pendry Chicago just opened up. The one in New York is about to open this summer, kind of in that Hudson Yard development, which is going to be awesome. I was also just at their, their property in West Hollywood that opened. So kind of from coast to coast, uh, they've got a lot going on.
1: We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Lindsay Ubroth. A moment
0: of your time. A new podcast from Kurt Co Media. Currently 21 years old. And today, I felt like I'm magic extended from her fingertips down to the you base of my You have to take of
1: care spine. of yourself because the world needs you and Trust your me. voice. Trust me,
0: every do-gooder that asked about me was ready to spit on my like drink.
1: My fingers were facing me. You
0: can feel like your purpose and your worth is
1: really being it questioned. You're going to stop me from playing the piano. She
0: buys walkie-talkies, wonders to whom
1: she should give the second device. Cats don't love humans. We never did, we never will, we just find one. The beauty that of way. rock climbing is that you can only focus on what's right in front of you. And so our American life begins.
0: We may need to stay apart, but let's create together. Available on all podcast platforms. Submit your piece at kirkco.com slash a moment of your time.
1: Welcome back to my chat with CEO of Preferred Hotels and Resorts, Lindsay Uberoth. So you mentioned West Hollywood, Manhattan, Chicago, all where Pendries are opening. It. And mm-hmm. you just mentioned the the metropole in, in Taiwan. Is that going to come back soon? Is that the city travel? Because that's something clearly most of us have wanted to go to, you know, Wyoming or or beach in Mexico or yeah. wherever it is. Is that city travel going to start coming back now? I mean, I, I think I, I'm feeling ready. I don't know. Are you?
0: I'm totally ready. Like, yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I, I mean, I talked to our team in New York who, you know, obviously that's that's a, that's a city that, you know, was just bustling with energy. And when you look at what happened during the pandemic, and it's great to hear them talking about restaurants being open again, that, yeah. you know, the theater is starting to reopen. And I think when you look at the major city center destinations around the globe, I think that they're going to come back faster than people are predicting, but a lot of it's going to be driven by the sites and the things that we all wanted to go and experience, right? So I think as restaurants reopen and museums and the theater. I do think that'll come back. But I also think it's one of those, I've always said there's people that travel well and there's people that are well-traveled, right? So anybody can travel well. You can buy an expensive airline ticket. But are you well-traveled meaning are you one of the people that's like, I want to be the first to get back to New York City or to a Paris, a London, and I don't know, kind of be like the locals, be there with the locals. Is it it not waiting for the the masses to come back and say, okay, now that everything's open again. So I think there's going to be kind of this insider vibe to that resurgence of cities.
1: On that note, I mean, one of the things that I've always loved doing is traveling kind of off season, right? So yes. going places when the, the, at times when, other, you know, because there's a reason why Venice, Paris, Amsterdam, whatever. It's a reason yeah. why there's too many tourists there because they're great places, right? I mean, we we all want to go there, but it's also a lot more fun, in my opinion, to to experience those places when there aren't a million other Americans there. So, like, do you see that becoming more of the norm, too, where people are are traveling more consistently throughout the year rather than, you know, holidays, summer, so on?
0: So you hit on a topic that I'm like really passionate about because I think the <laughs> psychology around the recovery is going to be interesting. I think that what's happened with the shift of people being able to work from home and having a lot more flexibility is going to completely transform. You know, I guess what we used to call leisure travel. You know, this business to leisure travel because I know I'm doing it. I'm taking personal vacations that then I weave into business while I'm there because I can. And I absolutely think people start traveling. Off season. I was just talking to somebody yesterday who said, oh, "I booked my trip to New York, but it's not until you know January." But that's a horrible time to go. And I said, "Actually, that can be one of the best times to go. It's cozy, it's charming, you know." Uh, it's New York. It's New York. You're living with the locals, you know. I think that's great. I do think that this this trend from flexibility is going to shift how people travel and spend their time.
1: And then you're talking to someone who just booked a three month uh, trip to Puerto Vallarta. So yes. Exactly.
0: Your office is now Puerto Vallarta. <laughs>
1: that's right. Correct. Okay. So with all this with all these great new hotels with all the pent up demand people so excited to get back on the road again how do you define luxury travel and what is the best form that it can take going forward like how we've had a time we've had a reset how can we do it differently going forward to make it better both for the traveler and also for the for the destinations
0: I mean, I've always said luxury travel is very personal, right? You know, we travel for different reasons. And I think that I do think that people are going to travel more purposefully going forward. I mean, I look at it, I think it's not just having a luxury experience. I think it's about, the we call it the good host, the good guest, right? Good host is the hotel and the destination that's giving you incredible service. But the good host is how do you give back to that destination in the same way? How are you engaging with the locals and the community? And I think people just are looking for a lot more purpose in their life when they travel. And I just think luxury travel, I think it's this success to significance sort of concept.
1: I I honestly, I think that's spot on with with kind of how it's affected me is is I definitely have the sense of, okay, we've all realized how precious our travel time is now, right? And so to me, it's like, I don't want to waste another second of another trip for the rest of my life. I want it every moment to count and effort, like that purposefulness. So like, you know, I'm not just gonna to travel to travel. I want to go places that are going to make a difference with me and I, and I think you, you've nailed it on the head like that. I don't think people are going to necessarily change where they're going or necessarily be more sustainable in their travels. I I hope so. and and, And I think there'll be some of that. But I think the main thing that is what you just hit on right there is that they're going to be more purposeful because they realize how precious travel time is.
0: Well, I mean, it's the greatest gift. I mean, I've always said this. This is why we're so passionate. It's why our ideology starts with we believe in travel. We believe in the power of travel. I believe it changes people's lives. I think that the last 15 plus months have taught us that it's one of the greatest gifts. I just think that the more people travel and immerse themselves in the destination and the culture, you just come back changed, right? It's not just... I sat at a beautiful beach and I drank great wine and I, I had a, a nice meal. It was, no, I did a cooking class. Nothing, I went, nothing
1: wrong with that, by the way.
0: No, no nothing <laughs> wrong, but but how fun to go truffle hunting and right, then bring yes. the truffles back, have a yes. meal that's made with it, you know, in a castle overlooking the, the Tuscan hillside. And I just think, you know, it's it's that more immersive. And then you come back and you bring those things back to your lifestyle at home,
1: right? So with that, you know, travel is a change agent, right? Travel is transformational. It's something we hear a lot about you guys are in the business of of creating these experiences that that really affect people, you know, and have the, these meaningful experiences. When was the last time on your travels that you had an experience that really you felt like affected you deeply and 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 was uh, transformational?
0: One of the most transformational things I did was actually with a nonprofit called Wind to Water and I went down to the most remote part of the Amazon. And for seven days, slept in a hammock with no running water, no electricity, no access to Wi-Fi, and did manual labor for 16 hours a day helping repair water wells in like these really remote parts of the, the world. And, and the reason why I say it was transformational is to me, it at the core was what I think it was so cool about travel is everybody that was doing it, you were just a person, right? You didn't have a title, but it reset me my appreciation. For the access that we have, especially when you get to travel and luxury travel, was just like so heightened. You know, when you're kind of stripped away of all of those things and you see how happy the, the people that we were around were and completely happy. Like they had no idea that there's a world outside of them that has all these luxury experiences. And it's like now, whenever I travel, I just take pause sometimes. And I think about that, that I've been given the gift to travel the world and have all these experiences and um you just kind of have to go back to the core of like what's important and
1: but that was one that just blew my mind that is truly transformational travel and it's interesting yeah. that you know someone in the luxury travel business that that it it was an experience that wasn't a luxury experience but i think yeah. that that's one of the and and honestly i think with luxury travel people think of it as you know fancy hotels and and great wines and all that thing all the time but but sometimes it's largely and i know you guys Focus on this a lot. It's it's the experiences, and those experiences aren't necessarily what we would consider luxury. They're just getting you to do your ability to do things that other people aren't doing, and experiencing things that other people aren't experiencing. Yeah,
0: I had I had a gazillion moments that came to mind. You know, like literally, you know, those moments where you're traveling and you literally almost brought to tears, right? Because like, it's just. <laughs> It's the perfect sunset and the music's playing and you're with the, the right person. And, you know, I've, I've had that in India and in Udaipur. I've had it and, in Tuscany. I've experienced that in my own backyard at Ojai Valley and in Spa, you know, just these places where I don't know what it is about the energy and the moment, that you're just at peace with the world. That to me is, I think, what you're getting at that moment where you're like, you know what? If today was my last day, I've, I've lived a good life. Right? I've lived a
1: really good life. That's, that's a good that's a good perspective yeah. right there. Look, we have a lot of destinations to get excited about now. We I mean Greece, Botswana, Wyoming, Tahiti, Honduras. We threw in Taiwan, you know, New Hotel, Chicago, New York. We got Piedmont you know, I'm more excited than ever right now. So thank you so much for sharing all of your, your insights. It's been great to have you here and uh, I really appreciate it. Thanks, Lindsay.
0: Thanks for having me. It was great to catch up. And now for the and Wrap-Up.
1: Lindsay brought up so many great destinations today, but of course the one that I'm most excited about is Puerto Vallarta. Now, as mentioned, I'm going down there on a very extended trip, and I've had a lot of people ask me, like, why Puerto Vallarta? Why are you going there for months at a time? And I guess for me, it's it's just, it represents kind of all the things that I love about Mexico. It's got all the great beaches and the, you know, the activities, the jungle, but then it's also got a real city with with fantastic food and people, and it's just this kind of microcosm of all the things that I love about Mexico. But I also feel like Puerto Vallarta right now is really going through a renaissance. And, you know, it was a huge destination in the 1960s and beyond. But, you know, it lost a little bit of its luster over the years. But I think, like, now there's a new energy in that town. And it's also changed in that the concept of Puerto Vallarta has expanded so far to the south and north now. And, you know, the Puerto Vallarta airport is your hub for everything from the Costa Alegre to the south, all the way up to, you know, Sayulita, Punta Mita, and even the new one and only Mandarina, which is even north of Sayulita. There's so many new, great resorts. There's a new Four Seasons opening up on the Costa Alegre, Las Alamandas, which is one of my favorite spots anywhere, very, very chic hideaway on the Costa Alegre. That just finished a whole renovation you got the Conrad Punta de Mita which just opened in September fantastic place on the beach just north of the Bay of Banderas but I still feel like the heart of it all is the city of Puerto Vallarta. And there really is a lot going on there. Maxwell Residences just opened up, this collection of 14 beautiful apartments right above the water, right above the romantic zone in town, new restaurants, beach clubs. And that's a big part of life in Puerto Vallarta, by the way, are the beach clubs. But there's just something going on. I was talking to a friend of mine who lives down there recently, and he said, you know what? You are never going to be bored in Puerto Vallarta. And so, come to Puerto Vallarta, you will never be bored. And I hope to see you there. I'd like to thank Lindsay Uberoth for joining us today on Travel That Matters. If anyone you know is looking for great travel ideas, please share this episode with them and check out kurtgo.com or the show notes for more information. This episode was produced and edited by A.J. Mosley and Dara Stone. Mastering by A.J. Mosley. Music by Joey Salvia. I'm Bruce Wallen, and we'll see you on the next Travel That Matters.
0: Co-media. Media for your mind.